This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, December 28th, 2022. I'm Caleb Brown. How are unions doing? More importantly, is forming a union a good way for workers to negotiate a better deal? Jarrett Skorup with the Mackinac Center says much of the breathless media coverage of unionization efforts masks the larger reality that thousands of workers are leaving their unions on a regular basis. In uh, Louisville, Kentucky, where I am, I have seen multiple local coffee shops, including my favorite one, uh, move toward unionization. Uh, The local newspaper, the Louisville Courier-Journal, their newsroom is going to unionize as well. Um, so it's worth asking with many millions of job openings in the U S and, uh, difficulties that businesses are having retaining people in this sort of post COVID environment. How do you evaluate the strength of unions today? I think in some ways, um, unions are becoming more of a political identifier. So you're seeing coffee shops, you're seeing newsrooms unionize. And a lot of these are getting a lot of media attention, which is making it feel like it's a bigger thing than it is. I mean, the coffee shop, maybe five to 10 people. Um, Detroit unionized two coffee shops. One immediately shut down. It was a small business. Hopefully that doesn't happen to your your favorite place. Um, but I think it's um, kind of obfuscating that this has not been a big this isn't a big thing. We are seeing fewer union members. We're seeing fewer um, companies unionize overall. It makes total sense to me that in tight labor markets that people mm. would want to negotiate for a better deal. Beca- and because, frankly, in many cases, they can get it. Sure. Uh, all of the even fast food restaurants, which we associate with, uh, un- you know, we associate with unskilled labor, are offering double or uh, some cases triple minimum wage. And so it, it's understandable that current employees at a place would say, no, I want to, I want that deal or I want some, some better deal. Uh, but why, why, why do you say that it's not as big a thing as uh, you, we otherwise might conclude? Well, like I think for those coffee shop workers or whatever, the, for the most part, we're talking about coffee shops, at least that's the ones in the media, they're hearing do a union that'll give me a better deal. And they're not, um, they're not realizing often until it's too late that you're, these are most of the time, these are really small independently owned shops. They're really tight on what salaries they can offer, which like you said, goes with supply and demand, which is why fast food places have to spend, is spending so much more for employees. And the big issue, and that's causing a lot of trouble for the small businesses, it's not so much the salary side, like a lot of times they can work out a deal there. It's all the other demands of the contract that is being imposed from the larger unions. The reason I say this isn't as um, why it's kind of clouding the issue is we're seeing a lot of this in the media now. There's just tons of coverage of every time anywhere unionizes. In Michigan, one coffee shop unionized. It was in every newspaper. It was about a dozen employees but that's clouding the fact that that there are thousands of other workers who are leaving their unions every day. And so the recent piece I wrote was looking at how there's all this media coverage of these minor unionizations while ignoring the fact that 250,000 people dropped out of their unions last year. Private sector. 
total, private and total, public. Private and public. Combined, yeah. So uh, why have public sector unions been able to hang on when private sector unions really have been in such strong decline? The private sector, there's a lot more turnover just in those markets. Um, so like when the auto industry had extremely high unionization rates, and that was the that was the number one, two, and three largest employers or three auto companies in Michigan for a long, long time, decades ago. Um, we just have a lot fewer of those jobs, a lot fewer of those manufacturing jobs, these areas that tended to be strongly unionized. The public sector doesn't do that. You know, it, it it's basically a slow growth of the number of government employees that kind of goes along with population. If we're lucky, often we're unlucky, it goes higher than that. And so it's just a really steady number of people to continue unionizing, all generally in the same industry. Okay. Uh, railway workers mm-hmm. uh, recently, at least tentatively, avoided a, a strike. Uh, so uh, you followed that situation closely? Just yeah. Give me your thoughts on that. Yeah, the railway stuff is interesting because it's it tends to be, it's like a quasi-public-private. Like they're, they're, they're private uh, owned by often owned by private companies, um, but they're so heavily regulated by the government that the government has these specific rules for and railways and airlines um, tend to go together. I think it's, I mean, it's like one of those things where if they had gone on strike and it really affected a ton of people, that tends to change people's perceptions of unions when their school district shuts down because of the strike. They tend not to be too happy about it. I think since it was avoided, like it's one of those things that's just going to be out of people's minds pretty quickly, but they're all going through the same stuff. Like you talk about the coffee shop where they're seeing a lot of other workers around them making a lot more money because of supply and demand. Like, and, and they, they were locked into a contract that limited, um, their salaries. They came to an agreement on the salaries and it's all those other work rules, which tend to be things that, uh, that makes it very difficult when, when you're a company trying to negotiate over those work rules, because, um, you know, that can be a higher cost to you than a competitor who's non-unionized. Yeah. So for the most part, you view this th- these stories as a something that's been pumped up by uh, the media and is not a significant issue. Yeah. So uh, in the last month, um, the New-, New York Times said unions are making a comeback. CNBC called it a boom. Fox News said they're having a moment. I've seen on the rise. and you this happens all the time every you know the unions are pretty good about getting press on these things um you can look back every couple years there's articles about unions making comeback unions on the rise and my point is just like they're doing a better job being in the media especially as they've unionized uh more and more news websites and these smaller websites there's been unionization efforts at starbucks amazon google apple tesla i mean those are companies that are just in the news all the time but it kind of clouds people's impression which is like we have fewer unions. We have fewer union members than we had when our parents were born. Um, and we've had 100 million people to this country since then. And we have fewer union members. And it's like, so it's a little bit of a strange thing to me that they're holding on to this media and being able to show some type of power that I just don't think is really there. Yeah. To your point, uh, the New York Times, uh, in a story where you were quoted, uh, the number of unfair labor practice and new representation cases filed has dropped since 2015 from 2,822 to 1,638 uh, in 2021, according for, to the Na- National Labor Relations Board. Yeah. And all those stories that I quoted, uh, the reason that they were doing a lot of stories on this was in 2021, the number of union elections. 
So to, to, to unionize your company, you go around, you get enough signatures, and then you submit that to the National Labor Relations Board, and you can call an election to unionize your shop. So the number of places that submitted for an election spiked in 2021. But the issue there is, the reason it spiked was in 2020, we had COVID. There were so many places shut down that it just deflated. There were very few of those. So 2021 spike compared to that, it's still way below, generally, I won't say way below, it's generally below the norm. And also calling for an election doesn't mean you win one. There's tons of elections called for and the union workers vote them down or they get they get held up for other legal reasons. And so for me, it was just bizarre that all on this one data point that is pretty much meaningless, we got tons of news, news coverage. Joe Biden has cast himself as the most pro-union president in many, many years. Uh, if what you're saying is true and uh, unions continue to be on a slow, steady decline, that just seems like, hey, he's just trying to get votes by people who aspire to have a better deal with respect to their work. Yeah, I well, I'm interested in, I don't really know the answer on like, how do people interpret unions? Like, like there's obviously some, you know, he, he enjoys political support and financial support from the union. So there's a reason for him to say that. But he obviously feels it's politically advantageous to speak that way. But I think the main thing we've learned, whether under Trump or him, is there's pretty limited amount that presidents can do in terms of union membership. Public sector union members, government workers now have constitutional right to withdraw from unions if they want. The private sector unions, I mean, you can make it a little bit easier to unionize. Um, if you're a Democrat, you can make it a little harder if you're a Republican. But mostly that's just going to change with what the working world is like. If people feel, am I getting screwed over and my answer is to seek out a union or do they just feel, eh? So you have polls recently showing people are more favorable to unions, but you have even higher polls saying they're not interested in joining one. And so, I mean, if that's the case, I think we're going to continue seeing what we're seeing, which is just a steady, slow decline in unionization, which hasn't really kept up with with the way the working world works today. And it's strange because uh, I, I guess unionization seems like a, a, a rational push, again, during a tight labor market that we've had for well over a year now. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, the fact that people can switch jobs easily right. and get large raises uh, in this time period would seem to seem to apply competitive pressure against the opposite. unions. Yep. Yeah. And um, I think that's why so much of the focus now is on things like working conditions and time off and vacation. Um, but I, I just think companies are pretty quick and flexible with doing that. Uh, the best way that they can and doing that in a way that you don't need to do it with a labor contract. And I just think labor contracts don't keep up with um, how quickly that changes and what everybody's wants and needs are. Jarrett Skorup directs marketing and communications at the Mackinac Center. It's that time of year when I ask you, yes, you, to show your support for this podcast and the broad mission of the Cato Institute with a gift. Visit cato.org slash podcast sponsor to get started. And thank you.